we live in the United States of America. We have all of these choices. Like women, we're free. We we can do whatever we want. No one's forcing us to do anything. No one's forcing us to cover our bodies from head to toe and beating us for leaving the house uh, without permission. You know, as we see in some of these other countries where women truly do not have rights. And I see the overturning of Roe v. Wade and people are saying crazy things. Like we have fewer rights in America than the women of Afghanistan. And I'm like, who says that? Like, who legitimately has that idea? So when we say pro-choice, they're not talking about all of these other choices. They use it as a phrase uh, to make it seem like if you're against abortion, then you're against all of women's choices. But if you finish the phrase, a woman's right to choose, a woman's right to choose what? Because her, her right to choose her birth control, her right to choose her sexual partners, her right to choose her husband, her right to you know do all of these things, none of these choices are in danger. None of these choices are in jeopardy. None of these choices are being taken away. No one's infringing on them. Um, it's just one choice, a woman's right to choose abortion. Get ready for the uncloseted conservative hour you've been waiting for. No censors, no fake news, just facts and the freedom to speak them. Friends, if you are still in the conservative closet, I've got one question for you. Why? We've sat in silence. We've been on the sidelines for years. How has it been working out? That's why it's an uncloseted conservative revolution right here, right now. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host and the original uncloseted conservative. Guys, thanks for being a part of the UC Army. We are taking the country back little by little through peaceful means, of course. Uh, But just for the government out there, we are ready to defend against tyranny, any tyrant, anytime, any day. Just let's not go down that road. Guys, the show is presented by Birch Gold Group. If Biden inflation is the problem, you know that the answer is very likely Birch Gold. You got to get some of your money out of the stock market. You got to diversify your portfolio. Do it right now today in precious metals. Guys, this is a precious metals tax sheltered IRA account, just like your 401k, just like your IRA or whatever accounts that your, your broker or your workplace already uses just backed in gold. It sounds like a good idea. If you're a student of history, you already know it's a good idea. Uh, All you got to do to learn about uh, investing with Birch, to learn about uh, investing in a precious metals IRA is text Mobley to 989898. That's Mobley to 989898. Mobley is spelled M-O-B-L-E-Y. Text Mobley to 989898 today. Uh, Huge thanks to MyPillow for being a sponsor of the show. Guys, Mike Lindell has been fighting cancel culture for years. And, uh, you know, like Trump, he was fighting on your behalf. He was fighting on my behalf. And he's just recently been canceled, of course, from Walmart. They pulled all of his skews from the shelves. And let's be frank, this is a political ideological move. It is not because of sales, because my pillow products are some of the best-selling products at Walmart. They just wanted to get rid of Mike Lindell. Um, guys, go to mypillow.com, use promo code Mobley anywhere on the website, or you can type in 
MyPillow.com slash Mobley. You can see the discounts there live. You get up to 66% off on all of their products, their Deja Dream Sheets, their pillowcases, their MyPillows, their signature uh, product. Guys, they have a ton of stuff. You know, every time I do the show, to include right now, my feet are in. I'm not going to take it off because my ankle hurts. Uh, but my feet are in my MyPillow slippers right now. Uh, I went with the gray moccasins today, uh, partly because my my nine-month-old keeps taking apart uh, the, the shoe tie part of my moccasin ones and putting them in his mouth. Uh, so, you know, this is this is real life, people. Uh, today, we're going to be talking with uh, a really fun and exciting guest. We're going to be talking with outspoken... I almost said outspoken Amy. Goodness gracious. Sorry if there's an Amy out there. We're talking with outspoken Sam. Uh, so, sorry, Amy. You, you don't get an interview today. Uh, but before that, you know... This is just totally random. I was watching uh, YouTube because I I realized this morning I jumped up and I failed to do one of the morning things. I failed to take a shower. So about an hour ago, uh, 90 minutes ago or so, I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to take a shower because I can't do an interview without taking the shower. It throws off my whole game. I know it's a mental thing. I'm not able to get past it. Uh, but showering, it's a good habit, right? We should do it at least once a week. Uh, but I digress. Uh, so YouTube's on. Uh, Jocko Wilnick comes up. And this video comes on, and I didn't see, if I had seen the title of it, I would have known. I would have been like, ah, oh, yes, I know. that." It's called The Heaviest Flag. Uh, and guys, it's a little bit of a longer one. It's like nine and a half, ten minutes long. Uh, but it is just a beautifully done, just kind of production. It's just him in his, you know, setup, one of his black and white podcast reads. Uh, and he's he's reading what sounds, it looks like a prepared statement. It could be a poem. It could be a personal story. I don't know. Um, but it's describing um, military funeral honors. It's describing what goes on there, the folding of the flag, the presentation. Uh, and I've, I've not talked about it a ton. Um, actually, I've not talked about my military career a ton on the show at all, other than to say that I was you know, in the service. Uh, but for a number of those years, I was on the funeral honors team. And it was, it was really, truly some of the most honorable service, you know, that I got to do, some of the best things I got to participate in. And um, that's my dog Mozart saying hello. Uh, well, he's kind of a dog. He's a Yorkie. He barely counts as a dog. Uh, but getting to be a part of those, those military funeral honor ceremonies, you know, if Today, the day after Independence Day, the day after, you know, there more than a million souls have perished in defense of this country. Um, and obviously you go and like this, this flag here is an internment flag. Uh, fortunately, it doesn't uh, represent anyone. This is a practice one. This is a real internment flag that we used on the teams to practice. Uh, the thing is, you can only use, you can only do a practice fold a couple of times because the starch starts to wear out of the flag after just a few folds. Um, and you need, you know, the internment flag that's draped over the casket needs to be crisp. It needs to, uh, not just for presentation, but for you to actually be able to fold it the way that you need to. Um, but I highly recommend everyone go and listen to this. It would have been linked below, but like I said, I just saw this thing right before I came on. Um, and he he's talking about the weight of that flag. Um, and, and you feel that weight, whether you know the deceased or not, but the weight of what that flag represents, that this is not just this fallen soldier, but the million souls that have perished. You know, this flag 
in some form, whether it was Old Glory back here, you know, Betsy Ross or whatever, this flag in some form was draped over this, you know, casket was folded and presented. He goes through the spiel. Um, but it's interesting. And I, I think that I would venture to guess that this is a prepared reading from one of his own experiences from a seal that he lost and was the hog, was the head honcho that they fold the flag into and then goes, because he was an officer, and then goes and presents the flag to the next of kin because he talks about that transfer of weight and every, everything that's stored up in that flag. Um, you know, the pain and the suffering, but also... You you have to see it or do it or experience it, but the uh, the life, the fun, the memories, the sense of adventure, um, you know, that a, a soldier, sailor, marine, airman, I guess, guardians now because we have a space force um, that kind of lives inside that that fighting spirit that lives inside this uh, young or old warrior. It's almost like you you carry it with you after they fold that flag into you, but when you give it to the next of kin. Um, and, and he described, you know, some of the sounds that some of them make, um, moans, groans, sounds of desperation, uh, and that stuff, whew, that stuff follows you through. There are a number of funerals that I've done that I can remember as if they happened yesterday or even this morning. Uh, but highly recommend that you guys go and watch that video. Uh, you know, don't want to start out with the Debbie Downer, but it, it's beautifully done. It's something that Americans should see, should know, should celebrate, should be aware of, uh, just like celebrating the country's founding. So guys, we are going to get to the actual show, the actual interview. I just wanted to share that with you because it would be rattling my head the whole entire interview. Uh, and because it's just something just awesome that you should experience as uh, as an American or as some of my international audience, you guys can uh watch and enjoy as well. So let's get to Outspoken Sam. Hey, Sam, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I am doing just fine. Uh, You know what? The Jocko thing popped into my head. I told you we were going to do a cold open with a video and we didn't do it because it was just rattling around in my head. Uh, But that's okay. This is yeah. this is real life with, you know, cats and dogs and and yeah. crying children and all. Oh yeah. I'm sure we're going to have it all this in this hour or Yeah. I'm just listening to my children in the background and just praying they don't start screaming and crying. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelly Sullins uh says you it's okay, Kelly. Kelly says that she hasn't showered yet uh either. And you know what? That is fine. Kelly, you're living your best life out there in Oklahoma. Um, so speaking of Oklahoma, uh, you are coming to us from the great state of Texas. Can I just say how jealous I am? Uh, even though we've got Youngkin and Virginia and this is happening and that is happening, mm-hmm. there's just something inherently American about Texas. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, I, you know, I lived in Colorado for a long time and I had a really good friend that was from Texas. And uh, he would always tell me, you know, Texas is the greatest country on earth. <laughs> and I would just <laughs> laugh and just roll my eyes. But now that I'm here, I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Um, it. It really is the greatest country on earth. The patriotism is palpable. You know, you can just... Yeah feel it in the air and especially seeing all the fireworks last night every direction you look there were fireworks everywhere it was amazing so i love it 
I always think of that scene um, from Lone Survivor where uh, um, Mark Lestrell's character. It's funny. I remember the seal. I can't remember the actor right now. Mark Wahlberg, I think, uh, plays him. Uh, but when what? he, when he uh, in Lone Survivor, Mark Wahlberg, he plays a. Uh, yeah. He plays Marcus Luttrell, but when he's talking to the kid and the father and he's trying to say, like, he's from America, and they see the little <laughs> Texas flag, he says, yes, Texas is America, uh, just just like a true Texan. I had one assignment uh, being stationed. I, mean, I was at Fort Sill in Oklahoma for six years, and I had one job, and I didn't do it. I was supposed to leave with either uh, cowboy boots or a hat. Now, my mm. wife, she fulfilled it. She got the boots. And she might have gotten the hat too. I don't know. Uh, and I totally failed. Just no excuses, yeah. guys. I failed. I have to go back and get one. Uh, yeah. Kelly, you know, if I come back to Lawton, maybe you can have a hat for me. Uh, or maybe someone there at Dayspring will have, uh, you know, donate a hat to to the Joe Mobley show. <laughs> right. Well, they're not cheap. So if you want to get a good one. So, yeah, a donation might be necessary. <laughs> exactly. Same thing yeah. with food. This is how these interviews go, folks. It's just sometimes just total nonsense. I kid you not. The other day, I probably wasted 90 minutes watching YouTube videos about hats, about, uh, you know, like cowboy hats. There, mm-hmm. is a, there is a deep rabbit hole you can go into about the different like textures, the makes, the shapes, the break-in periods. Mm-hmm. And Maybe that's why I didn't get one. It's intimidating that, you know, I'm I'm a Long Island boy, kind of, sort of. I'm really a Virginian. But uh-huh. to just go out there and it's like, guys, it's not like The Walking Dead, okay? Rick doesn't just take the hat off and give it to Carl and all of a sudden it fits. Like, that's not how this works with these hats. <laughs> nope. So... No, it's a whole process. I mean, it is. It, it has to be like the hat chooses you almost. <laughs> so. All right. So in that vein, you know, I told Sam that we were going to be talking uh, politics and culture, um, but we're actually going to review an assortment of hats. Uh, So first we've got, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, So guys, if you don't know uh, who this lovely lady is, you need to, and you need to follow her Twitter feed. Because like I say, you know, I have a a little bit of a spicy Twitter feed. Um, Outspoken or at un... (laughs) <laughs> at outspoken underscore Sam. This is why I have the visual on the screen because I, I can't read. I blame uh, Joe Biden and uh, white supremacy keeping uh, uh, black people down in public schools. That's and Putin. True. And Putin. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> Don't uh, forget I blame Putin. Putin. But let's yeah. see if I can say it now. Follow on Twitter at outspoken underscore Sam. Uh, guys, truly, truly a spicy feed uh, that you need in your life. Here is a preview of some of the stuff that you'll see there. Uh, But liberals, you guys lost your freaking minds, lost your ever-loving minds uh, the other week when Roe v. Wade officially got overturned in the Dobbs decision, uh, which was, quote, leaked, uh, which is definitely, come on, that was definitely like a Clinton-style operative. But anyway, uh, I digress. Um, Lots of theories about whose fault it is. And, you know, if you go to Outspoken Sam's Twitter, you will find the answer to actually whose fault it is. It's something I've been saying for a while, uh, but let's take a look at this and then we'll talk about it. You know who the left should blame for the overturning of Roe versus Wade? Not the Supreme Court, not Christians, not conservatives, not Republicans, not pro-lifers. The only ones they should be blaming are themselves. It is 
100% their fault, Roe got overturned. A lot of people, myself included at one point in time, could sympathize with the scared teenager, with the drug addict who had no business bringing a baby into this world. We could understand that we didn't like it, we didn't agree with it, but we could at least understand it. We went from safe, legal, and rare to up to the moment of birth. We gave you an inch and you took a mile. We drew the line when you decided that you should be able to murder a fully formed infant up to the moment it exits your body. You have no one to blame but yourselves. Boom. That's something mm -hmm. that I've been saying for a while, but I, I don't have pink hair, so I guess people don't listen to me. Uh, <laughs> Some must be no, it. Seriously, th this is the whole thing. It went from, and I, I just spoke about this with Wendy Shrouch Mahoney last week, um, Uncovered DC reporter. It went from safe, legal, and rare, and people were thinking about it like, well, you know, these things do happen. You know, rape does happen. The incest thing, I still don't fully understand. Is it rape? Is it an incestuous rape? Or is it just incest? Like, there are these two weird cousins or weird siblings that just, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, uh, I don't even want to go down that rabbit hole. Right. Uh, but they went from the, the extreme heart-wrenching story, safe, legal, and rare, to abortion on demand, you know, yeah. abortion as birth control in all 50 states. And now what they're calling, and I swear I can't visit these two states, California and Maryland, because I, I would stop the doctor with force. Now what they're calling post-birth abortions, which right. is the execution of a living, breathing, crying, clothes-wearing baby. Yeah. They, they went from safe, legal, and rare to that in about five seconds. Uh, yeah. So, you know, kudos to the young lady that made the TikTok. But, I mean, you put it on my radar, like so many things. Yeah, I, I go to Twitter. Twitter's where you get the news. Twitter and the Joe Mobley show. <laughs> yeah. Um, so talk to us about yourself and your you know, your in-your-face conservatism and why you've got one of the spiciest Twitter feeds out there. Right. Well, I think my uh, outspokenness <laughs> comes probably before some people. So I don't know if any of how many people remember the incident with um, the CEO of, um, what is it called? Chick-fil-A. And when it came to light that he had a personal belief in traditional marriage, and this was several years ago, I believe it was during the Obama administration. And I think that, you know, it, it was amazing to me how just that belief system, which had nothing to do with his company, nothing to do with how he ran his company, nothing to do with how he dealt with his employees um, or anything like that. It was just, you know, came to light that this was his personal belief system. And all, suddenly everybody was boycotting Chick-fil-A. And saying that we couldn't support it anymore and that we had to, you know, basically cancel it from society. And what struck me was that only one side of the aisle was allowed to have an opinion. Only one side of the belief system was allowed to voice their opinion about it. Um, you know, I don't feel like it was as challenging as it is now, but I think that was kind of the first eye-opening experience I had where I felt like only one side was al allowed to voice their opinion and the rest of us just kind of had to be quiet about it. Um, and I was like, 
well, that's not going to happen. I mean, if you ask my mom, I don't think I've ever been quiet about anything in my life. And I certainly wasn't going to start now, especially in a country where free speech is protected and religious liberty is protected. So um, I definitely wasn't going to be bullied into being quiet. But I saw how many people were afraid to say anything, even at that time when cancel culture wasn't as uh, aggressive as it is now. Um, so fast forward a few years, and um, we were living in Colorado. And um, just through a series of events, I ended up running for office uh, in Denver County for State House District 1, which as a conservative, you know, I, I was well aware of the fact that it was not really a winnable district. Um, but I wanted to get out there. That in 2020, just, you know, as someone who never ran for office before, it was not the ideal circumstance with all of the chaos going on, all of the riots, all of the um, you know, aggression towards police and uh, that and a pandemic and not being able to hold events and go door to door and all of these things. So it was a very challenging, challenging time. Um, but I've always just been, you know, I want to stand up for what I believe in and I'm not going to be told to be quiet. Um, that and we are in such, we're in, in a day and age where essentially the patients are running the asylum. Like we're all in this loony bin and, you know, the crazy people are running it. And, um, you know, it's, it's to the point where we can't sit back and be quiet about it. Like we're not even having conversations anymore. We're just expected to accept crazy as normal and we're bigoted if we don't. So um, so anything that I find that really highlights the lack of logic and rational thinking that is in society, I'm going to point it out because I know that there, you know, everything that I post, there are tons of other people that feel the same way that are probably afraid to say it out loud. But um, I want them to know they're not alone, that a lot of us feel the same way, and that you know I'm going to speak up for a lot of the people that are afraid to say anything. So that's kind of my journey and where I'm at right now. <laughs> wow. So when you talk about crazy people, I'm <laughs> like literally when you said crazy people, I'm scrolling through that spicy Twitter feed that I'm telling you guys about. And Okay, guys, like this is not a normal way. This is not a normal response to a 4th of July celebration in the United States. Like this is what we're talking about. We're not the ones who are crazy. Samantha's not crazy. No. I'm not crazy. <laughs> Bubblegum lady here. Yeah. Crazy. Like this. <laughs> This is what we're dealing with. Like, this is not you, okay. And you, it's not okay. And in my opinion, what's also not okay is to just allow this kind of nonsense. This is how we get, not this particular crazy woman, um, but everything has been redefined. Lawlessness yep. has been accepted. Uh, the murder of babies has been lied Normalized. about as pro-choice. Uh, yeah. And honestly, it was that video that was like, um, we're 24 minutes in, I'll probably skip the video. But you, for me, you had a tweet gone around the world and it was you talking about just the syntax pro-choice being bullcrap. Yeah. And guys, in, in this day and age, you're talking about a video that's 90 seconds or two minutes long. Like it's got to be a fire video for people to watch it. And it's got thousands of views. Um I yeah. completely agree. Let's hear it straight from you because you know I I am as far as I can tell a man. So I live <laughs> in a reality where only men can opine about men and women can opine about women. Apparently, because that makes sense. 
Um, right. Yeah. So just talk to us about that, how the verbiage yeah. pro-choice is a lie. Right. Well, I mean, a lot of times I'll have these thoughts and I just feel like, you know, a few uh, characters in Twitter is just not enough to express it. Um, but when they're talking about the term pro-choice, they're not talking about, you know, the choice to have a make more responsible decisions with your body or who you spend time with or who you have intimate relationships with or you know all of the choices that women have choosing your doctor choosing your medication and your birth control and all of these things all of these choices that women have that we have bodily autonomy we aren't forced to marry someone that we don't want to marry our 9 year olds aren't being forced into child marriage are you uh, saying Clarence Thomas doesn't decide this stuff for you that's what the internet said i know it's it's shocking shocking uh, but i don't go to to Clarence Thomas's twitter feed or you know any of his information to decide what what i feel is right um <laughs> And the whole, you know, idea of what the Supreme Court is supposed to do is a whole other issue. Um, but, you know, we have so many, we live in the United States of America. We have all of these choices. Like women, we're free. We we can do whatever we want. No one's forcing us to do anything. No one's forcing us to cover our bodies from head to toe and beating us for leaving the house uh, without permission. You know, as we see in some of these other countries where women truly do not have rights. And I see the overturning of Roe v. Wade and people are saying crazy things like we have fewer rights in America than the women of Afghanistan. And I'm like, who says that? Like who legitimately has that idea? So when we say pro-choice, they're not talking about all of these other choices. They use it as a phrase uh, to make it seem like if you're against abortion, then you're against all of women's choices. But if you finish the phrase, a woman's right to choose, a woman's right to choose what? Because her, her right to choose her birth control, her right to choose her sexual partners, her right to choose her husband, her right to you know do all of these things, none of these choices are in danger. None of these choices are in jeopardy. None of these choices are being taken away. No one's infringing on them. Um, it's just one choice, a woman's right to choose abortion. That is the only choice that we disagree on. And that's the only one that you do not have. That's not a right. Um, and But like I said, the phrase, a woman's right to choose, they use that as a tool to make it sound like they're talking about all these other choices. And if you're against a woman's right to choose, you're against everything that she has the right to choose. And that's not the case. It's like this mind game. It's um, you know just this tactic to scare people into saying you're not allowed to speak against this or you're against women. Um, and it's absolutely crazy. They're talking about one choice and it's not a choice and it's not a right. Um, and that's to kill an unborn baby in the womb. Um, a baby is a baby is a baby. So that was the sentiment of my video and um, just the point I was trying to make is, you know, don't let people bully you into thinking that you can't have an opinion on this because they're going to label you as somebody that's anti-woman and anti-choice when really you're just speaking against the one thing that involves another human life. Absolutely. Guys, this, uh, I got to put this meme up here. Uh, for you podcast listeners, it's uh, a very obvious, you know, blue-haired, purple-haired liberal on the left. And then who knows? This other person could be conservative. They could just be a common sense person asking questions. Uh, but the the four square goes like this. The Supreme Court took away our rights. What rights? Our rights to choose. To choose what? A woman's right to abortion. What is a woman? And then the person <laughs> screams, my body, my choice. Uh, to which I would 
rebut the same way that this woman does. What about the baby's body? Uh, but here's the deal. If you if you can't define things like what is a woman, uh, who can get pregnant, uh, mm-hmm. things like that, simple biological facts, then your opinion about what to do in these medical situations or whatever is totally null and void. Like if, if you don't know that you need to have XX chromosomes, you need to be a biological woman to get pregnant. Okay. Like even more than that, like you, you need to be a woman in the birth, you know, the child rearing years. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It's just, it's just freaking nonsense. Like how, how did we get from LGBTQA LMNOP plus rights to, <laughs> you know, this microphone is a woman and right. I need to go get some tampons. Oh, wait, I can't because the economy is so bad that baby formula is out, tampons are out, used bike sales are up a thousand percent. But, you know, what, what am I going to do for when my microphone has its time of the month uh, because it identifies as as woman and I, I need to I need to go take care of this? Right, right. It's It's astonishing because we're not we can't even agree on the basics of reality, like what a woman is and what a baby is. These are two very fundamental things, and it's not defined by religion. Um, it's not defined by how you feel. These are just basic facts. If you go to a doctor, um, they're going to need to know what your biology is to make appropriate medical decisions for you. And if whether or not you choose to tell them what you are or not or what you think you are, they're going to know exactly by your how your body is made, your biology, your chromosomes, your cells. I mean, everything down to a cellular cellular level, they're going to know exactly what you are. And, you know, with a baby, I mean, I've had three babies and I remember my oldest, you know, first one, and it's just so exciting and you don't know what to expect. And you see that little tiny bean on the ultrasound, you know, you have four kids, I'm sure you've seen it. And that little bean has a heartbeat and it's like moving around and it's not like it goes from being a human, you know, or to, to a clump of cells and eventually becomes a human. It, there, there's no process in the pregnancy where it's like, we don't know what it is. And then it eventually turns into a human being. It's a human being from the beginning. I, I don't know of any women that's given birth to a koala or, you know, or to a goldfish. I mean, we're just, I, I'd have there, questions. There might be some men who've given birth to these things, however, but, you know, in this crazy world. I know. At this point, I don't think anything would shock me, but um, naturally, it has yet to happen. That's not how our bodies were made. So, you um, make a good point. You make a really good point. And um, I think, oh man, I forget. I think it's one of the Daily Wire folks that talks about this often. The reason that the pro abortion, which is really pro death, pro murder of babies, the reason that that sect of society is going to lose is because, you know, not only is science not on their side, not only is, you know, morality not on their side, you know, justice isn't on their side, but there's this steady march, you know, Brett Kavanaugh, I completely disagree with him. He says he does not want to hear a personhood argument uh, in the court. Um, I disagree, so you know, Kavanaugh, <laughs> you're, you're wrong about that. And, you know, not just as a Christian, but just as you know, someone that lives post-enlightenment when we have science and philosophy, it's just kind of a stupid position to hold. Um, but he's saying legally, he doesn't want to hear a person or an argument. But you look at that jumping bean, it's not like a couple of molecules or atoms or whatever. It's, it, it is a living thing. And science and our ability to look and analyze into the womb 
It's mm-hmm. a steady march towards conception being the indisputed beginning of life, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, sperm, meat, egg, zygote, boom. This is... I get this, the semantic argument that it's a fetus at this point, not a baby, but the only thing that that life is ever going to become, the only possibility for it is human. Like yep. it, it is... At that point, it has its unique DNA, okay? Yeah. It's human. And they're, oh, well, well you know, if, if you just change one thing, it could be a banana. That, that's not how this works, okay? The, the <laughs> DNA is so intricate. If you just change one, if you change one degree of the Earth's access, then none of this exists. It, yeah. It's not like, well, oopsie, you know, if we just yeah. change one thing. So as science progresses and as we are able to look into you know, closer and closer towards conception, it, it's going to be an indisputed fact that this is the moment that life begins is at conception. Um, so abortionists, well, they're, they're on the wrong side. Go ahead. Well, yeah, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Um, and what I find interesting is, you know, Roe v. Wade was put in place 50 years ago. Um, but the more that science has developed, the more that we can see on ultrasounds and we can even perform surgeries on babies in the womb and correct things like spina bifida, you know, we can determine if they have, you know, any kind of physical defects or anything like that. All of these things that we can see as science has evolved and we have 40 ultrasounds and we can see their little appendages in their fingers and their hair almost. Um, the more it's evolved, the more that the uh, pro-abortion argument has evolved. So even though we know more about exactly what we're seeing in there, they're still holding on to the fact, you know, they're still pretending it's 1970 when they could make the argument that it's a clump of cells or that it doesn't have feeling or it doesn't have, um, that it's not a little person in there, you know, when we didn't have as much. Not that I'm saying that back in 1970, we didn't know it was a human being, but we have so much science now where it's indisputable. Yet even to that, we're still saying it's a clump of cells. It doesn't have feeling. It's still the woman's body. And and it's like, no, no, you know, we, in 2022, there is absolutely no reason to be making the argument that it's not a human being. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, these, these tools and these instruments, now there's another um, really well-known, I, I, I almost don't want to say popular, there's a really well-known video um, of like a screech and it, it's a sound that's collected um, from, from a baby that they're aborting. Uh, and it's it's all over the internet. You can I don't know what it's called, but you can find it on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Um, but you they they can look into the womb now and see. We already know this. Like we're we already knew this. But for yeah. those of you who are a little bit slower on the you know uptake or whatever, um, you can see how this baby because that's what it is responds to um, the the tools that they use, whether it be a vacuum or a dismemberment device or whatever. And you mm-hmm. can see, oh, that this child is trying to move away from it. Like from the moment that it it enters its environment and causes pain, it does the same thing that you or I do. You know, mm-hmm. you touch the stove, you you take your hand off. Holy crap, that's hot. I don't want to experience that. Yep. Um, they don't want people that this is why crisis pregnancy centers, this is why anything other than the obvious racist, obvious anti-black, the the anti-black lives matter, uh, uh, Planned Parenthood, anything other than that. If you go in there, and they can teach you about this child that you're carrying, they can show you ultrasounds, they can show you videos. Definitely, if they show you an abortion procedure, you ain't getting it after you yeah. see that. And nope. um, but here's 
here's part of the other thing. Again, guys, this is taken straight from uh, Sam's spicy Twitter feed. The, <laughs> the reasons for the abortion, they always say this rape and incest thing. It's, mm-hmm. You can't treat injustice with injustice, okay? It, right. it's, it's not that kind of party. You know, my kid killed your kid, so and that kid ran away, so you can murder one of my other kids. No, 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 that's not how this works. You can't treat injustice with injustice. Uh, it's the tiniest little percentage. Like, let's forget all these other percentages. 92.3% of abortions are completely elective, no reasoning. They're yep. using it as birth control. Uh, yep. And again, SCOTUS did not say that this is illegal. SCOTUS said that it's illegal for SCOTUS to decide for the entire nation. This goes back to the states. And right. I'm hoping to see, I, I'm one of, the, call me crazy, I'm one of those far right whack jobs, you know, straight Christian married male. Abortion is murder. I want to see it outlawed federally in all 50 states and the territories. I want you to go to prison if you are seeking out or if you're performing abortions, period. That's just yeah. my cup of tea. Uh, but the thing, 92.3%, you yeah. guys are using it as birth control. This is, you went from safe, effective, and rare to this. To yeah. Forget plan B, forget condoms, forget other you know hormonal birth control. We can just go have an abortion, which doesn't even make fiscal sense. Abortions are expensive compared to a freaking pack of condoms. Like, the, <laughs> yep, this is it's absolute true. insanity. It is. It is. Well, in my position on it, especially when I see statistics like that, and I've been looking up stuff like this for years, especially when I was running for office and r- running in Colorado. Um, I did. I wasn't aware at the time that I started running for office that they have some of the most um, unrestricted abortions in the country. Colorado um, is moment, nuts. Yeah. Up until the moment of birth, I even attended a hearing once where they were presenting a bill to protect babies born from failed abortions uh, to mandate that they would uh, receive medical care. And that bill did not pass. So babies are not guaranteed medical care if they are born alive from failed abortions. Um, So, you know, so I've been looking up this stuff for a long time. But, you know, the first argument that pro-abortionists always make, and I I say pro-abortionists, I don't say pro-choice because I don't think that they are pro-choice. They don't want you to make any other choice. They just want to push abortion and that's it. And that's why they're burning down all of our pregnancy crisis centers. Um, But, you know, they they always bring up rape and incest and that, you know, the 10-year-old that's going to be, you know, that got raped and impregnated and all of these extreme cases that make up such a small percentage of abortion cases and they exploit the trauma of these people so that they can justify having abortion available up until that baby is literally exiting your body. So I am not you know, just because you're for abortion for any reason at any time doesn't mean that you care more about rape victims and incest victim, uh, victims of abuse than I do. It's that I don't think abortion is the be all and the end all. And I don't think that it's a healing component. Can I see an argument for it in the case of a, an abused, um, you know, minor that found themselves pregnant? Yes, but you're using it to justify your case. I saw a, a case recently where this, this woman, she's pretty young. She was pregnant with twins. She decided to go get an abortion because she didn't want to have a, a baby belly during bikini season. Um, and I, I wish wow. I was kidding, but that's, you know, those are the things. It's like you're exploiting the trauma, this this few percentage that, that fell under safe, legal, and rare that we all at least agreed and understood years ago, you're using those cases and the trauma of those victims to say that I want to be able to go and kill my baby if I don't want to have a baby belly during bikini season. And that is where the insanity comes in. So 
my wife and I, we like semi canceled a bunch of the shows that we watched during COVID and like George Floyd nonsense because they like the woke was so bad on TV. Like we've still not gone. I I, I know a lot of Christians are going to be like, oh, you shouldn't be watching this. It's like we don't watch the stuff that y'all be watching and people watching. Uh, what's that one show where they like kill everyone? It's uh, Game of Thrones. I, I hear oh, yeah. it's, it's like half pornography, half killing people. Um, I don't know because I don't watch stuff like that. But we, yeah. we did watch Grey's Anatomy, okay? I get it. A lot, lots of morally ambiguous stuff goes on in Grey's Anatomy. I'm right but there, there with you. There's no nudity, though. So, you yeah. know, there's that. Uh, but we, we COVID, it was too heavy-handed. Like, we couldn't yep. do it. But we're coming back around. We're like, oh, let's see if we can, you know, watch some of this. Now that we're not, like, in it. Uh, so This Is Us. We had stopped watching This Is Us because yep. uh, Randall, the black character, when George Floyd died, he had like posted out the most idiotic thing that I've, you know, aside from LeBron James, that I've ever seen a rich black man post. And I mm-hmm. just, yeah, so we stopped watching it, but we're back. So we're, I don't know yeah. what season it is, four or five, whatever. Um, and it's, and you can still, you know, I say like, ding, like every time they do something overtly woke, they're trying to make his wife like much more urban and like hood-like now, which is like black people, that's denigration. Like it's not good. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's like, oh, the things that are important to that community, you know, like cars and clothes, boats and hose, other things that rhyme. Like, no, 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 no. It's not supposed to be like that. It's, it, we need to bring back like the Cosby show and they showed like, oh, look, this is what like a successful healthy black family looks like with yeah. you know parents that are married and happy and they don't use all these four-letter words and uh, that yeah. kind of thing. But here's the thing. With with abortions, oh, there was a tie-in. Uh, this is us, abortion on demand, da 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 have uh, lots during COVID. Yeah, I know at the end we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, Famous racist Martha or Mar- Martha Margaret Sanger. Um, oh man, I told this has happened to me like two times. I'm going to read how Heidi's comment and maybe it'll come back to me. Uh, Heidi Williger says another friend of the show from Oklahoma says it's so crazy. We live in a day where women have more rights than any other time, and women choose to murder. I agree. That is kind of crazy, uh, especially yeah. here in the United States. Like. Uh, like Sam was saying, go visit Afghanistan. <laughs> See yeah. what it's like over there or Saudi Arabia. You know what? Go hang out in the Ukraine since you all like the Ukraine. So wait for the war to settle down. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I, I went to this pride festival and there was a lot of support for Ukraine. Wait for the war to settle down. And I think we should do Drag Queen Story Hour in Ukraine. Um, when, See you know, how well when that goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're back on their feet. Um. I do not recall the thing that I forgot, though, but uh, no, 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 no. it'll come back to me later. So we're just going to we're going to push on. Yeah, Uh, we are going to push on. So, well, I just I think that 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 comment was was funny as well. I mean, we have we live in the best country on the planet. I I don't know if you saw my tweet. I actually grew up in Canada. Sorry, you can hear my six year old crying. They almost made it without fighting. my, uh, That's fine. I grew up in Canada and where people say, you know, other countries have freedom too. They're free everywhere. You know, the United States isn't so great. Have <laughs> you looked at what's happening in Canada right now? <laughs> like, you know, we're protected by the constitution here. We have this document that stands between us and tyrants. Can you? Okay. 
<laughs> sorry. Um, you know, and in Canada, they don't have that. The, the government allows you the amount of freedom that they want you to have, and they can take it at any time because they don't. The citizens there do not have the protection of the Constitution. They don't have the systems of government that we have in place that keep checks and balances. So, you know, we have more rights, and they are protected. And one of those constitutional rights is the right to life. And it does not say if you're at a certain gestational age or you're at a certain point in the womb or you have a certain level of development, um, you have the right to life. And uh, so I just, I think it's really interesting, um, you know, that a lot of people like to say that we, you know, we're losing so many rights here. And, and I'm sorry, one of my favorite things that I saw with Jessica Beal, I don't know if you saw her tweet where she was saying how, you know, she was in France and saying, you know, they have croissants and women's rights. Um, little do these idiots know that in France, <laughs> Uh, you know, they have restriction. Most European countries have restrictions that you can't get an abortion past 14 weeks, and most are even less than that. And you have to prove, sorry, and you have to prove a viable reason. You have to prove that you need that abortion for a certain reason. So, um, so yeah, just completely tone deaf and out of touch. A hundred percent. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Uh, Companies will pay for you to go to California, New York, Colorado, and have your abortion. Uh, you know, but they're not going to send you. They're not going to send you to anywhere in the EU. Uh, they're not going to send you to UK uh, because 12 to 14 weeks, you know, 15 weeks is like a late term abortion across the yeah. pond. Uh, but yeah. Americans, like, I, I hate that it's this way, but we have become stupefied. We are so dumb. Benjamin Franklin said that this republic will stand so long as there is a well-educated, well-informed populace. We're not oh, well-informed. We're, we're getting our news from, you know, CNN, which has like 10 viewers. I don't know. Do you guys like pass the viewership baton around? I'm about to have more viewers than CNN with their, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of budget. Uh, right. And the the well-educated piece, I mean, Loudoun County, famous for having, at this point, a tyrannical and completely tone-deaf school board. Oh, my uh, who, gosh. I don't know if you saw a clip, but the uh, I actually was there when he said it. Our superintendent of Loudoun County Public Schools the other day at the last school board meeting of the session says that we have a robust indoctrination plan, I uh, which he corrected to say inculturation, which is like, I hate it when people do this, but <laughs> I'm going to do it. Like, bro, like this sounds like something Hitler would have said in a closed door meeting. Uh, but like, don't tell the people that like, say, I don't know, they tried re-education or uh, <laughs> like right. progressive education. Say something like that. What what even is inculturation? Like you oh said what you meant to say, dude. You said right. indoctrination. That's what you meant. Don't make right. up a word. It just <laughs> slipped out. But <laughs> we know that they're saying a lot of the quiet parts out loud, the things that they really mean. But the frustrating thing is a lot of people aren't paying attention. Uh, so when they slip up and you throw in the word indoctrination, it's like, that's what they meant to say. They, I mean, yeah. they well, they meant to say something else. That's what they mean. So, so here's the scoop. And I wish that LCPS would come after me for for revealing this because then you know depositions would happen and stuff, and they would be forced to show the evidence that I'm in fact telling you the truth right now. Uh, the response in the room was hilarious because they keep the camera on. At one point, they used a camera that's like just showing nothing. Uh -huh. uh, for the clip of this, because, you know, this is a, I don't know, I think this is like a $2 million facility that they do this crap in. Okay. Uh, 
And they let the public back in. They let us back into our tax-funded building, you know, public school administrator building. Uh, but I'm in there and you, the school board is like seated and the camera is like shout. It's, it's on uh, Dr. Ziegler's like computer screen that he put in front of himself to hide his face from the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they show that. But when he says that, like half of the school board kind of starts like laughing and smirking. And then like two of them are looking at him like, like <laughs> all the crap that's going on. That is what the Freudian slip that you have right now. And they get to They're choose. They're like, do we react? Camera- <laughs> yeah. They get to choose which camera angles is going to go on the official recording. Yeah. So they use the ones where you can see none of the other school board members like looking at this idiot. Like, are you freaking serious? Yeah. Uh, but I was there, folks. I was there in the room. <laughs> And I text Ian Pryor because he wasn't there, uh, executive director of Fight for Schools. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to believe what Dr. Z just said. Uh, Doctor loosely. Um, (laughs) Anybody can be a doctor. (laughs) I think he texted back, like, you got to be shitting me. And I'm like, no, man, like, for real. And the, but the reaction of the school board members, it was like priceless. They're just like, Oh, no, like they knew the crap storm. Um, well, that's the time. And speaking of indoctrination, that brings us to Sanger. Let's skip that video. Let's go to this one. A little bit of a longer clip, so I'll full screen it for you guys. Uh, but again, you know where to get this. You can get it at Sam's Spicy Twitter feed. It's also on her <laughs> YouTube channel. Uh, so just type Outspoken Samantha into Twitter or into YouTube and you can see these videos. They're going to be linked below as well. Here we go. The worst thing that could have happened to Black life is Margaret Sanger. Uh, she studied under people like Nazis to say, how do we figure out a perfect race? She wanted to make sure that certain populations of people were controlled. And she wrote in a letter that she didn't want word to get out that she wanted to exterminate the Negro population. She considered people of color and the disabled to be like human weeds that should be pulled out of the ground. The ones that were unclean, the ones that were unfit. She went after African-American leaders and pastors to pay them to market to their people to kill their offspring so that there would not be that many blacks in this country. Unfortunately, those roots of eugenics, it really has borne fruit. African-American women, we are three times more likely to abort than other races. And we have abortion as the number one cause of death. Oh, my gosh. Destroyed the Negro population. Mm -hmm. Was Was Margaret racist? Well, no, she was on on the left, so she probably wasn't. (laughs) Okay, well, the benevolent, was their plan when they put all these Planned Parenthoods in all the black communities? Were they trying to get rid of us? I think it's a coincidence, honestly. And if you do do your research on Wikipedia... It might. It probably said something different. <laughs> that that was like a Jen Saki level, and it, it, just a coincidence, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so they're closing their doors. It, it's it's not because ninety seven percent of their uh, services are abortion, not women's health care. It has right. nothing to do with overturning of Roe v. Wade. Just another coincidence, really. All of the all of them coincidence. It's probably Putin's fault, actually. <laughs> 
You know, if you were a black lesbian, you could be the next press secretary for the White House. It's true. It's true. I'm I'm I need to get a tan or something and they'll let me in the door. It doesn't matter if I if I'm qualified for the job or if I can string a full sentence together as long as I, you know, I'm a, I'm a woman and I have the right skin color apparently. That's yeah. all the qualifications are looking for these days. I hear that they actually vet you completely digitally. They go back, they see if you posted a black square. Do you stand ah, with Ukraine? Does your profile right. picture, it needs to have like a rainbow or yep. it needs to have a Ukrainian flag or whatever the support, the, the thing that we're currently supporting. If you've got that, they just kind of do this little checklist and they can complete it just completely on social media. Right. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, straight, white, Christian. No, that that that's a hard pass. They're right. Um, they're actually going to put you in the J six category. <laughs> Probably. It doesn't matter that you weren't there. That uh, you you supported. Right. You, you incited. Um. Yeah. Your Twitter feed alone. I mean. Probably, probably. Well, and I do have my own business. And just for commenting on different news articles, I've had people go, you know, and find my business on Google or on on whatever else and just uh, leave reviews saying that I'm a racist. So um, it's a pretty tolerant country we live in right now. (laughs) But... uh, it's it's important that you bring that up. So you're you're completely like the shirt says, uncloseted conservative, and you got to be that way at work. I, as you guys might imagine, I'm a black man, uh, and I get my hair cut in the stereotypical <laughs> black barbershop. I always have. It's just a thing. Um, now, what's funny is like the last two times, three times, the barber wasn't black or a man. Um, my one of my longest barbers was a, a Korean woman. Um, and now my barber is a Hispanic woman. Uh, but anyway, I wear stuff like this into that shop. I was wearing the other day. I have a shirt, which you can get at thejimmobileshow.com or thejimmobileshow.com slash shop. I have a shirt that has um, content of... It says content of character. has a picture of Martin Luther King. And then at the bottom, it has all whites are racist, Ibram X. Kendi. Uh, and you know, the guy sees it. He's like, oh, I like the shirt because he's Dr. King. Then he reads the shirt. And he's like, mm, I don't like that. I don't agree. Uh, we spoke for about four minutes and I had him challenging his whole entire belief system with facts, with stuff like this abortionist bullcrap and what Planned Parenthood. It's almost like I can see the insidiousness in the naming Planned Parenthood. They're like, mm-hmm. let's plan the destruction of the black family, attacking right. the the parental unit just attacking it completely, getting the men out of the home, tearing down the women, uh, which we have a clip for that too, tearing down the women, ultimately so we can get to the children. Boom, let's go. Uh, Please keep this away from the white suburbs. Let's make sure that we put these in black communities. And it's almost like, you know, like a white girl's got to travel a good bit to get an abortion. (laughs) I know. Well, and I just... I find it so, I don't, I don't, you know, and I, I posted this video on my Facebook feed as well. And I had uh, this, this black lady comment and say, you know, do your research. And as they usually like to start out their arguments, do your research. And it's, it's like, well, <laughs> define research because I, I don't watch CNN. So I don't know if that's research to you, but. Or just um, send me, what do you have? Just send it. Yeah. What do you have to debunk what I have posted here? Like you're the one that is coming to me and telling me that this is wrong. So it's on you to tell me why it's wrong. Um, But, you know, it's not a coincidence where these clinics are located. They are in 
primarily black and brown neighborhoods in uh, lower income communities. And that's. Oh, you're frozen. Well, we'll see if Sam unfreezes. Uh, but yeah, 100%, they are in black and brown communities. It's almost like very Joe Biden-esque, uh, don't want our kids growing up in a racial jungle-esque thing is what happened. Um, so I'm going to play another clip and we'll see if we have... That's not Sam back. Oh, oh, yeah. So she is buffering. So I'm going to play this clip for you guys. Shifted from using the term mother to birthing people. Black birthing people. Black birthing people. Black and indigenous birthing people. Is the administration's official policy to replace the term woman with birthing people? I, I was a little taken back when I just read it and saw it, that it's that the term mother was gone in spots and it was replaced with birthing people. Again, if, we, if we're trying to be precise in, in the language that's used. Mom's a pretty good word. Everything that's worth living and dying for is under attack right now. This environment that has been created and corrupted and manipulated does not respect women, does not respect children, does not respect men. It cares nothing for family. If that is the society that we want to live in, then we need to see how crazy we are, really. The world is in the condition that it is in because of the disrespect of the woman. There's so much that we place around her because, as we are also taught, that when you teach a man, you are teaching an individual. When you teach a woman, you are teaching a nation. Every prophet came from the womb of a woman. Every intelligent, strong, powerful man and woman came from the womb of a woman. So that's why they have to attack mother and remove father. Because before you can get to her, you have to get through him. Every wise nation has security. And the man is supposed to be that security. Can a woman secure too? Of course. Are there female warriors? Absolutely. However, because of her value, because a whole nation comes out of her, so you must be protected. And the man having that essential position by nature, so someone who knows that about you will do their best to make sure you are removed because there is a standard of conditioning that has to take place, man, woman, child. If I want to get to that, I have to remove your protector because he is watching to make sure that everything that goes on in this environment is safe and secure. That's why they have to attack masculinity because they know, damn, if there's real men around here, we can't really do what we want to do. And if there are real women, we for damn sure can't do what we want to do because she's going to protect that child. He's going to protect that woman. And they both are going to protect society. Oh, Sam needs to get more facts. <laughs> Those are our alternative facts. Do your research. I know. Go watch Brian Stelter yeah. <laughs> and Joy <Yeah>. Reid. <laughs> Is CNN still live? Like, are they still a thing? <laughs> uh, apparently they are. I, I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> so before our technical glitches, which guys are total coincidence there too. Yeah, uh, if I know. You, if you're a conservative show, you will find that you have very regular technical snafus that it doesn't seem that the other side ever has. Uh, very regular... Um, hmm, I think we're not allowed to say shadow banned anymore. Um, so mm -hmm. no matter how popular or how many viewers you have or whatever, your stuff has just disappeared from the internet. It's nuts. Uh, total very, coincidence. Very interesting. Um, right. But you you were saying um, before before the break, you were saying before that last clip, 
you know, it's not by accident that these placements you were saying in black and brown communities, yeah, which is out of her own mouth, out of her yeah. own writing. That was the plan. Yeah, that was the plan. And I mean, I am not somebody who likes to bring race into different arguments because it really doesn't play a part in what I think or what I believe. I mean, abortion on its face is horrific. Um, it's anti-woman. It's anti-rights. It's anti-constitution. It's all of these things. But it's if you do any kind of research, you can see that this was based on racism and, and eugenics. And uh, it was originally called the Negro Project, um, and where they wanted to hide this agenda to lower the black population and to lower populations of people that they didn't see were, um, you know, that didn't that didn't have the right to uh, reproduce and to be in society. They wanted a superior race and a superior uh, level of people, um, and they and they saw black and brown people and disabled people essentially as weeds in society, as the as the previous clip said. So, um, and it's just as much about racism and eugenics today, where you know they start out with the argument of of rape and incest for um, abortion, but then they'll say, you know, well, what if this baby struggles in life, or what if this, or you know, this is going to affect the black and brown community the most? And you know, they bring out all these things that are essentially a lot of the same talking points that Margaret Sanger herself said that she wanted human life conditional on whether or not uh, you were a capable human being or if you had the perfect living circumstances or you know had a lower chance of struggling in life. Um, and these are along the same lines as what she said. So it's just astonishing to me that people don't realize they'll say that it wasn't a racist movement or Margaret Sanger wasn't a racist when they're using a lot of the same talking points that she herself was using that these clinics are in the areas that were targeted in the beginning. Yeah, and if you're of the persuasion that you believe if there's a reasonable expectation that someone, something will experience suffering, then we should just kill it. You're an idiot. Uh, yeah. You were really, and if you believe in all Ibram X. Kendi, there's racism in every encounter, then yeah. all black people, all brown people are going to experience suffering or the, the transgenerational set. Like this dude makes up more words than Miriam and Webster's finest employee. I know. If you believe that, then the logical conclusion of that is you should kill all black people. They, they, you know, the ones of us that are here, we're here, and all the others should be aborted. And right. when there, when there are more black babies aborted in cities like New York City, Chicago, Detroit, uh, LA County, when there are more black babies aborted than born, you all, not, not me, not my wife, not you know many of my relatives, you all have fallen for the Negro plan, the leftist yeah. trap, hook, line, and sinker. Okay, learn about, do your research, learn about obvious, flagrant racist Lyndon Baines Johnson, learn yep. about the impact of all these things. Like all of these things, you, you look at the Moynihan Report, um, which Thomas Howell references many times, Larry Elder references, Candace Owens references many times. And it's almost like, dang, if he would have left this line out, Maybe things would have been different. He didn't know that the government was so insidious and racist and awful. Um, but he's looking at the Moynihan Report. He's looking at outcomes in the Black community. And he observes that the most determining factor, the, the, the thing that determines and has correlations with the most other things is, is the parental unit. Mm -hmm. And even more than that, no discredit to moms. 
you you need both parents. But yep. even in instances where, say, one parent dies, there are some there are some correlations between having mom having died and being left with dad, or dad dies and being left with just mom in adult outcomes. Uh, and for positive things, when we're talking about home ownership, when we're talking about completing, uh, you know, K through 12 education or college education, we're talking about career stability and all that stuff. The outcomes are generally, generally 70 plus percent better uh, when you still have dad and they drop yeah. off precipitously um, when dad's gone. Right. They knew this, okay? It yep. came out in the report, but there was a line in the report where he also said, like, hey, this community is actually growing by such an alarming rate. And they do have such strong family ties that this is going to be a major, and he said the word, a major uh, political impetus. Like, this is going to be such a huge voting block, Black Americans. Okay? We're not yep. from Africa, people. Get over it, okay? You don't <laughs> want to go to Africa. You don't even know how many countries are in Africa. I promise you, you'd fail every test on Africa. You'd fail every test on America. Um, but right. he said the Black community is going to become this huge voting block. And that's when they were like, all right, we don't want to do the work to get these Negroes, they, all they said, to vote for us. Um, Margaret, what do you got? Yeah. We can't talk them into killing themselves. That's nuts. And they went, oh, well, let's just try it. It's worked, folks. Like, it yeah. has worked. What are the, we're, we're approaching 70 million. Yeah. It's yeah, just something like that. It's and crazy. Um, yep. So I've kept you over time, but, but if you got a few minutes, I'd love for you to chat about that last video um, there and this this attack on both men and women in their roles as mom and dad and family unit. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah bald this guy with this bow tie. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's an accurate <laughs> representation. I my husband doesn't own a bow tie, but um, I just. It's indisputable what the impact of having two parent families are. Uh, you know, whether you want to believe that marriage is between a man and a woman or not, whatever your belief is, there's no denying that having two parents in the home, a man and a woman, you know, having those that set of unique characteristics to contribute to children. And I'm not excusing, you know, if you're in a bad relationship and, you know, staying with an abuser just for the sake of having a man and a woman, it's almost like I can see the, the talking points in my head, you know, the counter talking points, but it's not that it's just what you contribute to the home and you have two incomes, you have two sets of influence and you have, you know, what men contribute to the home and what women contribute to the home, whether it's nurturing or whether it's, you know, strength and guidance and authority and respect for authority. And you have that combination of influence on children and that statistically, you know, it's, it's numbers don't lie. It's indisputable what that offers. Um, and yes, it has impacted the black community um, the most because at this point, 70% of uh, over 70% of black homes are led by uh, single mothers. Um, but if you look at pretty much any other home, you know, if it's a, if it's a white home um, or anyone else, if it's a single parent home, um, you're not going to have that income. You're going to be in a lower um, income community. You're going to have uh, fewer opportunities. And when people say, hey, you know, I was denied, uh, you know, a loan to buy a house or I was, you know, or, or my kids are in a school that's not thriving or whatever it is. Um, you know, when you have a two parent home, you have a higher chance of being able to, to get a home or to be in an area that has better schools and that has all of the things that you're looking for. Um, so a lot of times people like to blame these things on racism or some other, un, you know, some other factor. 
but it's the fact that you know we've seen such a deterioration in not only families, but in the importance of having these roles in the home and keeping families together and developing strong homes that has contributed to everything else and to the, the destruction of everything else. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if that was kind of a roundabout answer, but you know, I just, I, I just cannot emphasize enough how important it is to get families back together to teach our children to have strong homes and to look for strong partners and to, you know, overcome challenges and, you know, to stick it out and to just do the things that we know are going to contribute to an overall better society. And I think that, you know, we would see um, better results, um, you know, in, in, um, what was I going to say? Sorry, my mind just went blank. Um, you know, nobody wants to address the root causes of things. And, you know, people talk about reducing the need for abortion in all these circumstances. And it's like, well, um, teach your sons and daughters to, uh, to respect their bodies and to respect themselves, um, to not, um, for a better word, be overly promiscuous, you know, to look for these strong people to be partners within society and to bring babies into two parent homes. And then you won't have this need for abortion or to feel like you need it. So, um, just all of these things, I just, you know, I have such a strong feeling about having these strong homes and, and raising children to believe in them as well. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's exactly the answer. We need a return. A return to normalcy. I saw a tweet or something, you know, Instagram, whatever, but it said when you are trying to normalize something, that means it's not normal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you know, two moms, two dads, two moms and a dad, two dads and a mom, whatever. That that's not normal. That's why you're trying to normalize this stuff. This world is ordered, and you're trying to make disorder normal. Uh, and to that, many of us say no. Just just no. You you yeah. you can't. Uh, yeah. And well, and every- I mean, and as a disclaimer, it's not to say that two moms and two dads don't love their children or don't provide a safe and stable environment for children. It's just, you know, children, they need the contribution of both things because women and men both inherently have characteristics and qualities that they contribute to children that you know, two women or two men aren't going to be able to give to them. So it's not to say, you know, like I said, I think I can see all the talking points in my head. It's not to say that I would rather see a child in a, in a adoption facility or an orphanage or whatever it's called versus being adopted by a two dad home. I mean, that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, But trying to normalize things that, that kind of, that go against how we were meant to thrive, I think has been, you know, the biggest contributing factor to everything else that's fallen down in society. Absolutely. And and that's the thing. Things need to be framed as, does this promote human flourishing or uh, does it result in harm reduction? There's nothing wrong with harm reductionist policies. And exactly uh, like the thread that Sam was just pulling on, uh, Dave Rubin, who's obviously openly gay, him and his uh, husband have just adopted one or two children, um, but they're both on Dave Rubin is part of the Blaze TV network. And so is Ali Beth Sucky, you know, staunch yep. conservative Christian woman. Uh, so they're obviously colleagues um, and they have an interview. Ali Beth's stuff is solid. Like all of her yeah. stuff is solid. Uh, um, you know, if I could identify as a white woman, it would be Ali Beth Sucky. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they, they have an interview where they talk about exactly those things. And I think it's worth everyone, again, long thing. It's like an hour long interview. Um, but they they dig into. I mean, you, you know what? It, it, it's it's like a bar joke. It's you know, a married gay man and Christian, you know, fairly decent apologeticist type theologian girl walking to a bar, and 
and talk about their lives or whatever. It's a great interview. Uh, I probably won't link it below because that's a lot of post work for me. It depends on how lazy <laughs> I am this week. What is it, Tuesday? Um, <laughs> speaking of Tuesday, uh, guys, this is the last week of the DJ Mobile Show, Monday through Friday, because I've discovered that I actually need time to do work for the production. So I'm actually going to be moving to Tuesday through Friday uh, starting next week. Monday is going to be uh, office hours only. And hopefully that will result in much better productions for you all uh, because that's what, you know, that's a big part of what I'm trying to do here. Uh, And, you know, scheduling. I do all my own scheduling. I do not have an assistant. Uh, I don't have an assistant to my assistant like, uh, you know, Loudoun County School Board just voted, uh, just decided to give $107,000 to the superintendent to fund an assistant for his assistant because work is hard and there's a lot of it. Uh, I don't have an assistant. Uh, I sure don't have an assistant for my assistant or $107,000 budget. Uh, but anyway, I digress. So next week, uh, this week's the last full week, of course, uh, celebrating America. Um, and next week, we're Tuesday through Friday, same time. It's 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Uh, hoping to bring you more excellent guests uh, like Samantha. She's going to have to come back because uh, yeah. a little birdie told me we don't know what, we don't know when. But at some point, you're probably going to seek another public office. And we'll have to have you back and talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there are so many other disasters and catastrophes to cover and to comment on. You know, there's never a shortage of things to talk about. So I just want people to know they're not alone. So don't be afraid to uh, speak out with me because we're, we got this. We got this. That's true. The dumpster fire is real. We didn't even get to like gun violence. I've got these videos of women defending themselves with firearms. You know, it's not supposed to. I know. Left says that that doesn't happen. No, Uh, of course not. So, um, but the one, I mean, it's kind of like jarring. This big black guy just comes and like punches this woman in the face, uh, which probably would have resulted in, you know, something really terrible. Uh, But there was another woman there and she had a gun. Ooh, crazy nut job. How dare she defend herself and and others? What a psycho. Uh, No, but (laughs) really, uh, hey, we would love to have you back. Um, Tell people where they can follow you and uh, what you'll be up to in the meantime. Yeah, um, Outspoken Sam on Twitter, um, Outspoken Samantha on Facebook, just trying to build up my following since running for office and just being as vocal as possible, pointing out the nonsense of the left and the irrational uh, arguments being made out there just for the crazy society that we live in. So uh, if you yourself feel like you can't speak up, just just come onto my page. I'm pretty much saying all the things that we're, we're thinking. So come and find me on those pages on Twitter and on Facebook. And I hope to be building up a YouTube channel myself at some point. So uh, come enjoy the discussion and appreciate my tweets as much as I do. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. (laughs) Thanks for joining. Heidi, thanks for being a fan. Heidi says, love your show. Proud of you. Uh, My my old church crowd out there in uh, Lawton, Oklahoma, you guys are like the my biggest fans. Uh, and Aww. Eliza and I, we, we miss you guys to death. Uh, whenever people ask us how Oklahoma was, it was a strange army assignment. It was a two-year assignment. I was there for six years. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's because they were like, he's black, he can't do math. Hmm. Maybe that's what happened. <laughs> Probably. Uh, and they said, don't use too many big words because big words are racist. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? 
we do in fact have a CPA and she lives in Oklahoma. Uh, oh we God. have an attorney too. It's nuts. So I'm, I'm just like a wild black person. Like uh, we, we actually had our children. They were born. We've got a lawyer. Right. We've got an accountant. Like we're just nuts. Uh, but I'm anyway. I'm surprised that you guys have the internet and driver's licenses. I mean. You know. <laughs> the, the secret of building uh, a media company, uh, the, the big true secret is I have a white person do all of my multimedia. Uh, I, I still can't. It. Like all of these tweets that I've been pulling up, my, my wife is actually downstairs pulling it. She's my producer. Uh, <laughs> and I, I couldn't carry on without a white person to, to internet for me. You know, um, it feels so weird to even be making jokes like that because it's just like, it's just so silly. It's just crazy yeah. to me. <laughs> so, but I mean... According to former Vice President Biden, I'm not even black because I definitely right. didn't vote for him. I mean, who it's knows? True. You're there actually might... a white supremacist. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's the promotion I'm looking for when, because it was Larry Elder and it's moved to Candace Owens. But when Joe Mobley is the new black face of white supremacy, then I will have arrived. YouTube's not going to give me a gold play button. It's just never going to happen. But I'll make my own special little trophy or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we always tell people that Fort Sill, you know, as a place, it sucked like Lawton. Um, but it was incredible because of that church family. Uh, and they always join in the streams and in the comments. And uh, we really do. We were just at the 4th of July celebration last night. Um, and so, so many people are like, oh, you know, what was the army like or what was Oklahoma like? And our answer is always about that church, that congregation, that church family. Um, so, Anyway, kudos to you guys. Ooh, we should have like a day spring show and bring a bunch of you on. A uh, bunch of people, you know, Ann Gamala was my first ever interview and she's from that church family and Brad Hill's been on a few times and Tim's not going to come on. He's just not going to do it. Uh, happy birthday to Tim. Tim is the most American, Tim Evans, the most American pastor out there because he was actually born on the 4th of July. Uh, so <laughs> happy birthday to you, Tim. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing Cindy here. In a little bit. Uh, but anyway, that's enough reminiscing on Dayspring Church in Oklahoma. If you are in Lawton, you should go to Dayspring. It, it's, it's, it's a fabulous church, wonderful people. Um, I'll tell Robert to greet you with one of those creepy kisses on the cheek that, uh, that they used to do to people in the Old Testament. Ugh, I'm glad that I live now. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So follow Sam Outspoken underscore Sam on Twitter, Outspoken Samantha on Facebook. Um, I think you're on Getter too. I just followed you there. Uh, and make sure that you subscribe to her YouTube channel and look forward to more awesome content from her. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to this show wherever you're watching. If you're a podcast listener, if you are a podcast listener, please rate and review the show hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of downloads per episode, thousands. I'm, I'm about to hit 50,000 downloads, uh, but I only have like 50 reviews. Um, so please, please, please leave me a review. If you're not going to leave five stars, if you're leaving one through four, then go ahead and tell me how I can make the show better. Uh, give me some constructive criticism. We love it, guys. Uh, that's the show today. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show. Mm-hmm.